Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC sat down with Glenn Birnbaum. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. In this episode, Casey and Glenn talk about changes to the Paycheck Protection Program and whether or not PPP money is taxable. They also talk about some tax considerations farmers have when it comes to year-end equipment buying. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn Birnbaum is with Sickich and he is out of East Peoria, Illinois. And Glenn, it's good to have you back on the podcast, man. We had this uh, early harvest for most part. Most places, uh, fall was very uneventful as far as from a weather perspective. So we got most guys are done, wrapped up, and they're starting to take a look at what they're going to do as far as end of the year tax buying reasons and stuff like that. And uh, we want to talk about that a little bit. But what's weighing heavy on everyone's mind right now is what's new with PPP because, as you know, they change that about every day. So that's what's happened with PPP today, bud. Paycheck Protection Program. And so we got all these timestamp fees. It's about 7.45 a.m. on Wednesday. And the government is due to shut down on Friday at the end of the day, I believe, if they don't get a bill passed to like, you know, fund the government. The debt ceiling, I believe it's called. So there was some news late last night on PPP. The question being, is there going to be another round of PPP, like PPP2? And then probably more important for tax planning is the PPP money going to be taxable. And so your listeners can look at our last podcast, we talked in detail about that. But if you did get your PPP loan based on paying wages, right now the IRS is saying, hey, that PPP loan is going to be taxable. But there's a sense that maybe this is going to get fixed in a stimulus bill that, that could get passed maybe next week. So they got to kind of temporarily fund the government here for another week and then hopefully get a stimulus bill passed next week. So Secretary Mnuchin came out with, I believe, his own plan that was around $900 billion. It's not clear to me yet on whether the PPP tax fix is in there. I'm not sure, but a few days ago, there was quite the sense that that was going to be in a bill that gets passed. So the bottom line is it's Wednesday morning and we should know more in a few days here. But that certainly is a wrinkle that we're trying to plan for is because you know, it's a big deal. Is this PPP money going to be taxable or not? Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy that everyone got this money and there was not a typical government thing, though. Not very well. Yeah. So the PPP loan will not be part of gross income. And that was in the, you know, the bill that became law. But then later on, they kind of said, well, maybe the expenses that you use that money for won't be deductible. So it's kind of maybe a backdoor way to address it. But that is what the IRS is saying right now. And until we get a congressional fix, that's what we got to deal with. Yep, absolutely. Crazy, crazy, man. Sooner or later, they'll get that figured out and somebody will get a big penalty because they did everything they thought was right, but actually it was mm-hmm. totally wrong. So good stuff. All right. So with the uh, harvest wrapping up, a lot of guys are talking with their accountants right now and getting things figured out, what they have, what they don't have, how much money they made, how much money they didn't make. A lot of government payments are going to be figured into a lot of earning on farm income and those kind of things. A lot of guys and gals are coming in taking a look at maybe doing some upgrades on equipment. And one thing you brought up was combine payment in December. Do I need to make one of those to just start that depreciation schedule in 20 2020 calendar year. So Glenn, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a pretty common question. If you're a cash basis taxpayer, which most all farmers are, you know, you're used to having to write a check to get a tax deduction, right? Fertilizer bill or seed bill, whatever it might be, grind bill, you know, something like that. And so it can kind of make some common sense that, well, if I'm going to get a new tractor, trade in something, get a different tractor, different combine, that I've got to make a payment in December in order to be able to deduct that payment. And this is one of these exceptions where really it's based on the loan 
loan paperwork being dated in December. And as importantly, the, the equipment has to be delivered to your site and you could have used it in December. So basically, it really doesn't matter when you make that first loan payment. It's that you have a loan paperwork that's dated in December. That then allows you to, to depreciate it. And right now, we still have very nice rules for depreciation with Section 179, where you can do up to about a million dollars, but you can customize that any amount between zero and a million. And then we've also got bonus depreciation or 100% bonus depreciation, which you can deduct 100% of equipment. And that really has no limit on it. And it also applies to used equipment. So we've had these rules started in 2018. We had them in 2019. And then we've still got them here in 2020. And then and also 2021 and 2022, we still will have 100% bonus depreciation as the law is right now. Could that be changed? It's possible. I don't think it's too doubtful. But right now in 2020, yeah, we do have a lot of ability to write off equipment if you have a lot of income or something that you're trying to offset. But yeah, it just the paperwork date is what matters on equipment and having delivered the equipment to your farm. That's the key thing. Yep. That's the other thing I want to talk to you about too, from that section 179 perspective, there's a, I really believe there's going to be a fair amount of equipment that gets traded this year. And I'm really going on a limb there, but there's a a lot of folks that have about their, you know, five, six, seven year old machinery that they haven't done much with since 13, 14, 15, maybe even 2012. And they're looking at doing some upgrading there. What are some shortfalls they need to pay attention to in that trade cycle? Yeah, it's a good one because in 2018, we had new rules on trades. And so maybe there hasn't been much trading. So this might be the first time you experienced this rule. And they basically did away with like kind exchanges, or sometimes they're called 1031 exchanges for equipment, for personal property. Now it's still there for land or real estate, but they did away with it for equipment. So what does that mean? It means that let's say, you know, you had a trade-in allowance of $70,000 on a tractor or something, and you probably depreciated it down to zero by now. If you trade it off, you'd have a $70,000 gain, okay? And a few years ago, you wouldn't have had a gain. You have a $70,000 gain. Now, all is not lost because you can fully write that $70,000 gain off as of right now for the bonus depreciation for the 179. The little trap you have to watch for is some states, and Illinois is not one of those states, so we deal primarily with Illinois, but there are some states that don't allow, you know, as quick a write-off on stuff. So you might have to pay tax on that trade-in allowance. So that's pretty narrow, pretty niche. But what affects everybody is if you're a schedule F farmer is that $70,000 gain doesn't actually show up on your Schedule F. It shows up on what's called a Form 4797. It's a separate form. So you have the $70,000 gain over there. And so then if you take that extra depreciation and you want to get to a wash or you want to get to zero, let's say, because you have other off-farm income or something, you'll have a loss of $70,000 on your Schedule F. So sometimes that's not the best situation because, at least in my opinion, then you don't get a self-employment loss on that carried forward to next year. So in other words, so ignore the equipment issue. If I lose $100,000 on my Schedule F year one and I make $100,000 on Schedule F year two, I have to pay self-employment tax about 15% on that 100,000 in year two. I don't get to say, well, no, in total over the two years, I made nothing. So I should know any self-employment tax. So there's no such thing as a self-employment tax carryover to next year. So that can burn you unexpectedly. So anyway, we've been dealing with this for two years now, but yeah, it could impact more people this year if it's been a while since you traded stuff off. So that's a couple of things that I can think of offhand. 
Yeah, so folks, when you're out there talking to your tax professionals, make sure you bring that up and make sure you understand what's yeah. going on with that. Because that, just like yeah. Glenn outlined there in that example, it could be yeah. 15 grand laying there that comes unexpectedly yeah. from the tax man. So the important thing, it's kind of coming back to me a little bit. Some of these discussions we've had a few years ago is, you know, you can't just tell your CPA or your tax person, hey, my trade difference was 175000 You need to provide the invoice that shows the trade in allowance, the price of the new and then the net, because they need to know more details than they did a few years ago. Yep. Good stuff. That's very important, Glenn. Thanks for bringing that up. So let's talk about some possible tax changes you're kind of yeah. anticipating and just taking advantage of current tax brackets you see out there right now. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen. Obviously, we got the Georgia runoffs and things, you know, for the Senate. But I think just looking back at some history in, in 1993, when there was a retroactive tax increase, it was passed in August of 93. This is before my time, before my professional time. And retroactive back to January 1st, there was a lot more. I think there were probably 40 more Democrats in the House, maybe seven or eight more, 57, I think, Democrats in the Senate. And the bill passed in the Senate 50-50. Uh, Al Gore broke the tie. And, and I think a good 40 uh, Democratic House people voted against the bill. So it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's just there was a lot more balance of power to, to one side in 93. And a retroactive tax adjustment to the highest income people barely passed. So we really don't think, obviously, we can't predict the future, but we don't think that's likely to happen in 2021 here, right? That, am I going to regret maybe these low tax rates in 2020? Am I going to have maybe one more chance? Yes, you are probably going to have one more chance in 2021. Now, the one thing to keep in mind for the farmers in the, in the audience who can use farm income averaging is even if rates did go up in 2021, which I would place very, very remote, farmers have the ability to take that income and push it back into the previous three years. So you have a lot more parachutes when you're jumping out of the plane, I guess. So obviously we've talked about this over the years. That allows you to use a lot of hindsight, right? We can be talking in February or March or April with clients and say, well, wait a minute, now let's change our mind. We're going to push income more back into the prior years. And the one thing to remember there is let's say you have $120,000 of income that you want to push back. You must do it in $40,000 to the third year, $40,000 the second year, $40,000 to the first year. So in other words, if it's 2020, you got to carry a third of it back to 2017, a third of it back to 2018, a third of it back to 2019. You can't customize it and say, I want to do 105000 this year. So you got to spread it out evenly. It is just another tool in the toolbox that you can use to take advantage of low brackets. So right now we have a 10% bracket. We have a 12% tax bracket. And so those are quite low. And so you want to think about making sure you use those up, particularly looking back to that third year, if you're going back into 2017, right? That's the year that's kind of going to fall off this year. And if you've got 15% bracket for 2017, do I want to make sure I use that up? So but the thing it does, is it allows you to use hindsight and customize where you want to be. So it's a nice tool to have. Yeah, good deal. You want to talk a little bit about the Sickage Ag seminar you have coming up? Yeah, this year it's going to be virtual. It's going to be two hours on Friday, December 11th. So this upcoming Friday, December 11th, it starts at 11 a.m. Central. And there's going to be a couple outside speakers. Uh, Mitch Fraser from Agrinovis, Indiana, will be talking about ag innovation. We've got a local economic development person talking about the Midwest and Central Illinois in particular from Decatur, Illinois, which is where uh, ABM is at. It's going to be speaking about just kind of what's going on with economic development in the Midwest. And then I'm going 
to be speaking about kind of giving a bit of a tax update on what we think might happen to tax rates. And, and I'll give the latest on PPP because I'm sure it'll be different in a couple of days. So, but it's going to be pretty quick hitting. I think the 25 minutes to half hour each. So nothing super detailed, just enough to kind of whet your appetite. And obviously we'll be open for questions and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's coming up uh, real quick here in a couple of days. So Wednesday, December 11th, you can go to the Sickich website, S-I-K-I-C-H.com and find the events page and you'll see a, a link to register there. So right on. And that's open to anybody that wants to go into that. Anybody. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no restrictions on it. Right so, on. Yep. Okay. I might even get in there, Glenn, learn something. Go for it. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. All right, Glenn, anything else you want to throw out there before we close the thing down here for the day? No, I think that's all. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking again probably next week. So hopefully we'll know a lot more. So we'll know as much about PPP next week as we know this week. So things are going to be, things are going to be great. All right, Glenn, we'll appreciate you being on the podcast. Glenn, if they want to reach out to you and get some more information about what it is you're doing there at Sickage, how you can give them some help, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, it's best to call our office here. Phone number is 309-694-4251. You can look me up on Twitter at Glenn Birnbaum is my handle. And then of course, go to our Sickage website, S-I-K-I-C-H.com. And you can find a bio there as well. So yeah, happy to talk with anybody as, as we get closer to your end here. So right on. Well, good deal, Glenn. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where you're going to find the latest information about the Moving Iron Podcast as it comes out. Also, I have a new blog that'll be posted here this week about some comparisons of what we see happening now to what happened in 2009 and 10. In. A lot of comparisons there to those years. So look for that. Go to movingironllc.com for all my blog posts and Moving Iron podcast posts as well. Also information about the 2021 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee that got postponed from what was going to be in January, those January dates. They did have to postpone that. We're looking at the fall here, September 15th through the 18th. And that will give a little better, I think, travel as things kind of start to slow down here with coronavirus, knock on wood. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Glenn Birnbaum. Let's go with some iron folks. Casey and Glenn. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. If you've got a question for Casey, I'd encourage you to head over to farm-equipment.com backslash ask the expert. Submit a question and we'll get Casey's answer to it up on our Ask the Expert blog. And you can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Glenn, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.